guests in the building oh, today. Man. Super dope. You know guests, what I'm saying? Yeah. Recording live from the uh, new offices in here. Let's talk about it. Let's you talk know what I'm saying? It. You know what I mean? Let's give no teller shout out. One time. <laughs> Big up. You know what I'm saying? In this uh, plush. You know? But yeah, we got uh, the young Darian Simone Harvin in the building. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. You know what I'm saying? What's up? What's up? I always find it uh, interesting with some of the guests we have on how we've um, how we've met. Uh, Darian was somebody who years ago. Yeah. Do you remember how we met? I actually am thinking now that you mention it. You probably did. We don't. meet like over the internet. So this is how we met. Okay. We met in Instagram. I slid in See? her DMs. But this had for, to be early Instagram. Yeah, early Instagram. This was like. I think this was like years ago, like 2013, Yeah, this had to be like 2014. Like 13 or 14. Right. I just graduated from school. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at her IG and I was just thinking like, thank you. I was looking at her IG and I was just thinking like, yo, she's super dope. And I have this thing where I like, I can identify like um, certain uh, Talent, talents, skill set, gifted people. And I just thought D was just super dope. And the the um, the lane you were in as far as... Um, you know, being a writer and um, content producing. And I was just like, yo, we should link up. And mm-hmm. I think we linked up at Brooklyn Terrace. Remember when Brooklyn Terrace was popping? Oh, my gosh, yeah. yeah okay, yeah, yeah. yep. I remember going. To, is, is that still there? Nah, um, nobody. It's there. <laughs> it's still there. I but feel like, like people don't go. Yeah, nobody goes there. I think they try to, like, uh, uh, I think they uh, gentrified it or something like that. Like, right. nobody's really, yeah. Like, nobody, it's, they don't really do events like how they used to over there. But it was a smooth spot, though. I'll pour out something for them later. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, we got to talk and build. And I think that's how, you know, um, our friendship started. And I gave you, uh, I gave her the Driven hat. Remember the original print? I still have it. No way. Oh, man. I I totally do, yeah. that's what's up. I would never throw that away. That's what it is. You know what I mean? And uh, and now Darian's here with her own podcast. um, Just doing her thing. Like, working for BuzzFeed. She's grinding. She she has her, she's working on brand. She's doing speaking engagements. Darian is like really out here setting the example. And uh, I'm very happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate that. That was also, you know what? I wish I could be like, oh my gosh, you're you're exaggerating. But I I really I really have though. I've been trying, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm tired, but I'm making it through. I need some sleep. <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. So yeah, I just wanna uh let's start with um, you know, who you are, where you from. Yeah. And yeah, how you got to the big city. That's a good place to start. Okay, so I'm from <laughs> Buffalo, New York. I grew up Buffalo Soldier. Is that what he's talking about? Probably Definitely not. not. No, that's all good. It's all good. But like but Drake shouted out Buffalo in one in one of his Songs, I forget which one. Yeah, Buffalo and Toronto are like twin cities. Yeah, at this point. yeah, they are. Oh, where? And so, bless from Buff- Thank you. I'm from Buffalo, New York. Um, I was born. I was actually born in Long Beach, California, but I grew up in Buffalo. Mm. Uh, I went to an all-girls school. Did you know that about me, Travis? I went to an all-girls school. Actually, wow. loved it and was really obsessed with it. And it gave me all this confidence because you could just be yourself without like the gaze of men. So, like, once you're, it's not like, oh, I wonder if he thinks I'm cute or, like, I'm going to dress this kind of way. You could just be yourself. And so that's very much how I am now. Gotcha. You just, like, learn to give no fucks because it's, like, everyone around you is, like, just trying to grow and learn. You wear the same thing every day. Right. And I kind of wish, I kind of miss wearing the same thing every day. (laughs) I hear you. But anyways, I... I ended up getting to New York because I went to school in Boston. Mm-hmm. I went to a I went to Emerson College for broadcast journalism. 
and I never actually switched my major. I always kept with with broadcast journalism because mm. I knew I wanted to like talk to people for a career. Mm. And so in college, I was like, well, if I want to do that, why don't I just go for journalism? And I think we should all kind of be thinking that way. Like, just figure out the things you like to do and then, like, find a career that you can do that in. Absolutely. That's the best way to start. Yeah. Like, as opposed to be, I feel like we're very pressured to start as, like, I want to be an astronaut or, like, I want to be a a data scientist or I want to be a producer. And it's like. Or even, or even that with that, or or you start with just thinking money first. Oh, I want to be this because this mm-hmm. makes this amount of money. Definitely. But not thinking like, oh shit, I'm, my life is gonna be miserable as hell because I don't really don't like this. But yeah. you know, I agree. right, yeah. <laughs> so I I had a, I had I had a good time at Emerson. It's a very hands-on school, and I did a lot. And so I graduated. I spent a month at home just, like, hanging out, relaxing, going for runs, going to the park. It was amazing, honestly. Nice. Nice. And then after that, I'm, I knew that I wanted to live and work in New York. So I knew that if I could just get myself there first, then I could find a job. Well, that's what I was hoping. That's what I was hoping. Uh, and so that is what happened. I, I went there. I, I moved to New York. I didn't have, like, a job in my industry. Mm-hmm. And then... I'd have a job in my industry, and then I was working at, like, a restaurant that I lied on my resume to get a job at. I told them I was a server. I'd never served a day in my life. <laughs> um, but I figured it out because I knew I, need, I needed to make server money if I wanted to live in New York. Right. And so, but when I wasn't working, like, serving, I was um, trying to find a job in my industry. I was, like, meeting with people. I was letting people know that I was here. And I ended up landing my first job at NBC News working for Dateline. Nice. Mm. So that's pretty much how I got here. And like ever since I've been I've been here. Like now I work at BuzzFeed News, but in between then I worked at Yahoo News. I worked um with uh, with Danielle Smith and Elliot Wilson on hardcover, which is like a uh a culture magazine in the shape of a hardcover book mm-hmm. that like reexamines like who and what we should be covering in mainstream media. Nice. And so Shout out to Hardcover. Got shout out to Hardcover. I learned so much through that project. Mm-hmm. And so now I do that. I and so now I, I I'm a BuzzFeed, I do my podcast, my lots like anything. And I'm just trying to fight like to do the things I want to do every day. Mm. I just am trying to get to a place where things, everything feels, everything feels like a choice now that I decide to make, but I'm a very restless person. You know, I'm a Sagittarius. (laughs) (laughs) We're very restless people. Like our next five vacations are booked. I like read that someplace and it's true. Like I'm going on vacation in two days, Nice. you know? So it's like, I'm, what'd you say? Where to? To Antigua. So, I'm so I just say all that to say that I'm someone who I want to work for myself one day. I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of specifically within media. I have a lot of product ideas. I, I think that there are a lot of underserved communities that I want to serve mm. um, through media and journalism and content and like curation of that content as opposed mm-hmm. to like making more of it. Right, right. I really want to like lift up writers who are doing good work reporters who are going doing good work and mm-hmm. I just want to spotlight their work and I just want to make out a career out of like being in control of my life and the things I want to do and like making money the way I want to make money that's fire 
That's really what's about. I want to ask you a little bit about lifestyle. Um, like, well, in, in that breath, like about tone and mm-hmm. you know deciding how to tell a story. I mean, as a journalist, like your job is to you know report kind of the facts, but also your readers um, ingest information in a certain way. So how do you decide your tone, your voice? Yeah, that's a good question. I always start off by telling people that for so long, what has been seen as objective in media has been the white man's perspective. And anything else that's outside of that is seen as emotional mm. or, or biased or not the full truth. And that's wrong. I think that one of the things that I think is happening now is as we start to get more people, different kinds of people in newsrooms, different perspectives on a race, a race lens, a political lens, a financial lens, like an educational lens, um, a geographic lens, um, telling a fair story is going to look differently everywhere you go. Mm. And I think that as if you don't work in media, or if you do, there is a place that you have to meet media at for you. What do you stand for? What do you like? What is your taste? What, is, what are the things that you believe in? Mm. And you should feel okay and comfortable with leaning that way in your media appetite. But I think that you should also feel comfortable in reading and consuming things that aren't fully that too. Mm. That's like the big thing for me mm. is like you have to identify for yourself what what the truth is. But you have to understand that your truth be prepared for your truth to be interrogated sometimes mm. and under attack. And it may it may be unjustified or it may be justified. It's like for me. I want my news judgment as a journalist to be interrogated. The things I think people might want to read about and like may not actually be what they want to read about. Mm -hmm. And I have to be open to that information. Maybe the data is showing me something different. Mm -hmm. So like that's like kind of the space I'm in right now. It's like, as a journalist, how can I take data that's like becoming more robust? How can I use that to figure out what people actually want? Yeah, I have news judgment, but should I be shifting it or should I be open to new ideas of what people want based off of data? I think a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think for sure. So I don't know. Did I answer your question? No, it, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So in, in that vein, I'm um, just speaking about like, like the counter narrative. What do you, what do you look for when you're looking at, at the, the counter narrative to bolster your point? A counter narrative to what I believe in. Yeah, because that's what you. Yeah, I believe that's what you were saying. Like that's what you were suggesting. Like if in order to kind of I guess um, be more grounded in your point, you'd have to investigate or you encourage individuals to investigate the other side. Yeah, when I when I say that, I don't mean that you need to. I'll give you I'll give you a perfect example. New York Times. <laughs> Always find something with them. New York Times obviously does a lot of excellent work. But they also do a lot of questionable things. They're a big organization. There's this woman who wrote something about how cultural appropriation is good. <laughs> wow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into... I'm, 
I'm going to go into this with, with a critical lens, which is the number one factor. It is okay to go into something that is not fully your truth with a critical lens. Right. And uh, her, her ideas didn't match up. Her supporting background, like, wasn't brought into context into what she, what we, be, what we know and believe to be cultural appropriation today. It was poorly written. And so what I mean to say is that you don't have to go and like read Breitbart and you don't have to go and read like conservative bloggers, but like, I think it's good to be aware Mm. of, of these perspectives. I agree. And like, and not not even on a, on a, on a strictly political level. First of all, everything is political. Absolutely. You know, so it's like, when I say other truths, I also mean the, the, the truth of, of Asians in Hollywood, the truth of Latinos in Hollywood, the truths of black people in Hollywood. You know, like all of our, all of our truths actually don't all look the same. They look different. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean when I say like, be open to reading other people's narratives and perspectives. You don't have to accept it. You don't have to compromise your beliefs with it. But in the end, it's either going to, like, help you to stand firmer in what you believe in or it's going to make you want to learn more. And either, and either one of those is okay, in my opinion. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So, so when, you, um, when you were starting off, even when you was coming from Buffalo, what was the thing that made you know you wanted to get in broadcasting? Like, how'd you figure it out you knew you like to talk to people? Was it, like, somebody in your family or in your life that, you know, gauged that skill in you, or was it just you finding yourself? I think it was just me finding myself. When I was little, I really liked to read, and I really liked to talk to people. What was your favorite so book? that, huh? What was your favorite book? My favorite book. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a good question. What was my favorite book? I have to think about this now. Sorry. All the Harry Potters. The okay. Harry Potters for sure. I just heard somebody say that recently. Like, Yeah, those series. were like, those books changed my life, right? It's like. So you're heavily into fiction. Yeah, yeah. So I, so I definitely, I was also really, I was really into, as opposed to books, I was really into also reading about like topics. I was really for some reason, I don't know why, I was like very fascinated with re- with reading about the Holocaust. I could not believe that the Holocaust happened wow. when I was little. Like, I read a lot about it because I think I was like very, I, I don't think I could fully understand how the Holocaust happened in the same way that, like how did slavery happen? You know, well, we know how slavery happened, but like with the Holocaust, it was like a government organized, right? you know, so- genocide and so I read a lot about the Holocaust I read a lot about slavery and so I I think like I I was I was also I think that like a sense of humanity was put into me at a very young age when you read about trauma you read about genocide you read about death Mm -hmm. you start to understand that like everyone feels pain you know you, you. I read about this. I would never want my mom to go through this. I would never want my brother to go through this. And I think there was like a sense of humanity that that put in me. Mm-hmm. And I think that like 
when I got to, when I became old, when I continued to grow and I just became older, one thing is like I went to predominantly white schools my entire life, but I had a family that always reminded me how amazing it was to be black and to be a black woman. And like Mm -hmm. my grandma owned a restaurant in the city. Like I was, it wasn't like I was sheltered from, from my culture. Mm -hmm. And I think that it allowed me to like know how to connect with people on a, on a human level, Mm -hmm. like people that you don't think that like I would get along with because we're just not the same people. I found a way to relate to them. And I think that like that, made me realize wow there's so many different kinds of like really dope cool people in the world Mm -hmm. and i just want to if i can just talk to them for a career i can do that fire so um your first few years in new york like how was it like did you did you love this city was it a hate love relationship did you just adjust you know seamlessly to wait say that again first few years in new york in the city in new york um, like, how was the adjustment coming from Buffalo? It was good. Well, I came from Boston. From Boston, yeah, so like Boston's definitely a slower city. A mm-hmm. slower city. Sorry. Who has better food? Better food in NY? Uh oh. Debatable. Debatable. Well, well, Buffalo. Well, Buffalo's small. Buffalo has excellent food. I have not had a slice of pizza even in New York the way I've had a slice of pizza in Buffalo. It's crazy. Yeah, like. The wow. food in Buffalo is really excellent. You can't take that away from it at all. Gotcha. The food in, in Boston is certainly good. It's the city, so a lot of chefs and restaurants and all those kinds of things popping up. Yeah, yeah. But I think that Boston, Boston is a smaller, slower, it's a quieter city, but it prepared me for a city like New York. Mm-hmm. And I interned in New York over the summer before I had moved after college. Gotcha. So like I had yeah. an idea of what it was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... I definitely had, you kind of, the thing about New York is, and y'all are both from New York, right? Originally. Yeah, yeah. Like, you you were, like, raised here, and it's like, you grow up so quickly here. Like, so quickly. And I think that that was one of the big things for me, was I grew up so quickly here, because there's no one around, at least if you come and your family lives someplace different, Mm -hmm. there's no one around to tell you, like, good from bad. There's no one around to tell you, like, don't, I don't know, don't, don't get in don't like, wild out. <laughs> yeah, like don't wild out, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it it's is more so of like trash. there's not always someone looking out for you the way that you think that yeah, they are, yeah, yeah. even if they're your friend, you know, mm-hmm. and so that's like the big thing that I think about, is I grew up so quickly here, which yeah. is fine, which is good, I think it's made me like a good, mature, independent person, mm-hmm. but it also makes you tired, like I'm tired right now. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on in a in a city of eight million stories, quote unquote. Like, how does that help you? You know, again, I'm bringing it back to the narrative. Like, how mm. does living here and experiencing all of this stuff, like, what does it do to your storytelling ability? Yeah, that's actually a that's actually a really good question because I always say that. New York City is just this island that happens to be off the coast of America. Most Americans do not live this way. I hope we re- like. I hope we- like. I think about this at least a couple times a week. Mm. Most Americans do not live this way. <laughs> also, live, what do you mean? Elaborate. They live in homes. First right. of all, we mm. live in like fucking what? Cubbies. <laughs> cubbies okay. That's true. Cubbies. We live in cubbies for a dream. That's true. 
They live in homes that are reason, reasonably priced. Hell yeah. They have cars. They mm-hmm. So they get up in the morning. And that's they, most America, I think. That's most of they, they get in the morning. They walk to their car in their nice heels. I, I, got, on, I got on some bad shoes right now, but you know what? They're going <laughs> to be, like, tore up by the end of the month because I'm walking hard everywhere on this dirty concrete. Mm. Mm. Anyways, <laughs> I clearly, like, have an issue, you know? I see. But it's like... I've, I've clearly ruined ruined a lot of shoes in, in my time here so far. Yeah. You you get into your car, you drive you drive to your job, mm-hmm. you get out your car, you go to your job, you eat lunch, you you leave the building, you walk to your car, you get in your car, you drive home, mm-hmm. you walk out your car, you get back in your house. Yeah. It's like, I, and I'm sure there are other things that like they do. Or there's also like the urbanization of cities, and like I think it's and like one thing that I think is really dope right now is like more millennials are starting to just create community where they are. I've, I've been hearing that. Like Seattle, of, North Carolina. Yeah, like Seattle, North, like, North, like parts of North Carolina, mm-hmm. Flo- like Miami, um, uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, like mm. uh, even Buffalo, you know? Like there are so many places of, of young people just who've just, you know, they can't afford to come to the city or they decided right. it's not for them and they're just creating, creating collectives they and, and, cre- and yeah. they're creatives. I love and that. See, that's Yeah, fire. like, I think that's so fire. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's really cool that you don't have to live here any longer to, like, do the things you want to do. Maybe some things you, you do, but, like, right, right. there's definitely this, like, this entrepreneurial spirit that, and it's, like, staying grounded in, like, in, quote-unquote, smaller cities mm-hmm. or second cities that I think is really amazing. Mm, I absolutely. think it's really cool. Like, I, I would love to move someplace smaller and just and just create something, you know? Create mm. community for that town, create an essence and a style. I think that will be really cool. Right. So so I so so to get to get back to this story is like I, I, I use that example of like your home, your car, your work, your work, your car, your home. The things that we are exposed to every day, the average American is not. Mm. Like, you, like we get on the train every day, and we see people of all walks of life. All walks. I always say that. Like, you don't even know who you're sitting next to on the That's train. One day I was on the train, and I remember, like, I'm, I took a mental note. It was, first of all, every ethnicity. There was monks on the train. I was like, yo, where else in the world? I think it was a nun in the corner. Like, where else yeah. in the world? Right. Gonna, so, gonna... yeah, so, like, it just gives me a really broad perspective of what the world really is. Like, I want to believe that I have a good reflection or a true reflection of, of like, the world. Like, to me, it's like everyone around me is not the same. We all have different circumstances. We all come from different places, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the same for you. I mean, even in this office that we're in right now, you know, it's like everybody is so different, and it really informs my work because I also know that, like, I don't know everything as much as I think I know and as much as I think I, I do know in terms of like being exposed to different cultures or people or circumstances. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even down to people's clothes, the makeup they wear, the earrings they wear, their facial expressions, all of these things can like confirm or, or they, all of these things inform my work to say that the world is so big and so should the content that we cover be. You know, mm-hmm. and like that and also 
just because I don't know something doesn't mean that it shouldn't it it should not be covered. Mm-hmm. It's that too, you know. If I don't know about something, that doesn't mean that like it shouldn't be recognized. Right. Now I want to learn about it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely agree with that. Would it, was there a time that you know you were maybe um, lost in the direction you wanted to go, and um, there was a something that happened or something that you know that manifested itself to you that helped you find find your way oprah calls it the aha moment oprah calls it a what the aha moment like eureka indeed yeah that's a good question Does it have to be a bad moment or just like a moment? No. no. I think like I think actually one thing that was really really instrumental and in, in really actually informs my perspective today was an internship that surprisingly an internship that didn't even have anything to do with journalism. Hmm. I interned for Yvette Noel Shore at Parkwood Entertainment. Yvette is Beyonce's publicist. She was also uh, the artist uh, known as Prince. The word. Publicist. Wow. Um, she's rep- right now. She represents. She, she still represents B and Chloe and Haley and a few other people right now too. And I interned for her at mm-hmm. Parkwood, which is Beyonce's entertainment company. Mm-hmm. And I just got exposed to a lot of art and fashion and creativity. And I learned how I could take those mindsets and transfer them over to journalism and how I could use that to create work and content. And now I'm someone who loves the creative arts from the visual arts to dance, to fashion, to style. And, and, and I just think that the creative, those types of creative people, mm-hmm. there's something to be said about the way that they think and how I can use that to mm. write or like post an Instagram or work on my podcast or uh, structure a sentence. So that was like very instrumental to me that I realized that there didn't have to be limits on the things that I could do or be like actually like everyone, you know, like we say that in a very like ambiguous state or Mm -hmm. like as a, but, but literally I could do whatever I wanted, you know, like that's really how I feel. And I could do journalism and I can like model if I wanted to, you know, Mm -hmm. or I could like express myself through art in this way. Right. It's fine. You so, can be multifaceted. That's another yeah, thing I feel like, like a lot of Yeah, like that was the big thing I learned. I just don't feel like we're, we're, we're trained to think that way. Absolutely. You know, especially if you don't come from money. Like, you're not trained to think that way. Yeah. You're just trained to, like, get this job and, like, do this one thing and be good at this one thing. Absolutely. And, and get your Pay paycheck. And, then die. and keep it pushing. Yeah. yeah. And, like, yeah. I do not, I, like, refuse to do that. Mm-hmm. I literally refuse to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You, have, you have a very, um, I'd say, rebellious theme against like you know what some would consider the norm like that yeah structure and and i've become more rebellious and the reason why that is is because i've spent my whole life doing what society has told me to do Mm. i went to school i i don't know I, i went to school i never got in trouble i've i don't have i don't have a uh like a criminal record I have a job, I have insurance, I make a paycheck, I pay my bills, and it's like, I just, it's its not that I don't want to do, the, do those specific things any longer, but the way that I can do those things, 
I don't want anyone to tell me how to do that any longer. There you go. Like that's my like that's my big thing is like all like all of my life so far, I've played by the rules in terms of like doing the things that the world tells you you need to do. Like American society tells you you need to do. And I don't want to do those things anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to do what I want to do. There you go. Fine. <laughs> I don't what, know. What 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 sense of or what sensation does that does that awaken in you? Like when you feel like, you know, I can, I'm daring, I can take charge of what it is I would like to do and this is it and my life is tailor-made for me. Like what, what, what does that sense give you? I think it just, I think that like I crave a sense of ownership and control mm-hmm. that, and also belief in myself. Like I think that I can be a leader. I think that I can do something successful. I think that I can, help to give other people the tools that they need to be successful too and to do their jobs and to learn. And I'm, I feel like I do myself a disjustice if I don't try to do that, you know, mm-hmm. and I, if I don't try to like pursue that. I think it, I think it would be a grave mistake for, for me and like the people around me and the people who I want to serve. Like I really do believe that I can do something with my life. Like I think that I can I think that I think that I could start something and like it could be successful. I think that. That's so fine. let me ask you this that transition of mentality, that mm-hmm. transition of okay, um yes, I can create something and um, monetize it, or I can create value for myself and then be able to monetize and then be able to monetize the extensions from the value I created for myself. Mm-hmm. Where does that come from? Number one. Number two, how important was your network, your network that oh, you that's have like, now? that's huge. That influences the way you think now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... Okay, let's start with the first question. You wait. What did you say? How did I make that pivot? Or yeah, how? I see, yeah, that um, that mental pivot. Like, okay. wh- what are the influences I, that make you change? Yeah, I think that, that I always had it in me, but I think that there were like two pivots. I think, well, first of all, I think that when like you, well, first of all, I come from an amazing family. I love my parents gave me everything I could ever want or need growing up. Dang, Bless up, gang. Harvin gang. Bless up. So I don't want to make it seem like my parents never gave me anything that like literally wasn't the case at all. Mm-hmm. What is the case is that I'm a grown woman and like I am expected to be making my own money and paying my own bills and, and paying for my own apartment. Mm-hmm. So it's like I need to make money. You know, I need to. If anything, it's a blessing that I'm doing it in the industry that I like. And That's that a fact. I'm working at a place that I like with people who I like. That's the crazy part. Yeah, Honestly, it's a blessing. And like, I think what made the shift for me was that I saw other people around me doing amazing things that they had started. Mm. All the people who I look up to are people who have started something. Wow. They've done something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they may not be the most prominent person for doing it, but they're successful in their own rights in doing it. I'm trying to think of like like a good example of some people. I think Beyonce is is a, is a is an excellent model of someone who who crushes fear. You know, mm-hmm. I think that who who else do I really look up to? I actually really love the dudes who who run Ghetto Gastro. 
Okay. You know, yeah. like I, I just I, recently they they do serve food at the HBO event. Oh, word. And yeah. you know, like I just they took an idea and built it, and now they and now they serving food at HBO at HBO gigs and events and like yeah. traveling the world. It's crazy. To they had an idea. Right. Everyone who I am really into the thing that they're doing, they built something. Mm. So I need to go do that too, mm-hmm. is what it really comes down to. And I think the second thing was also just like this restlessness um, that I already talked about. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's I have this model, if not me, then who? If not now, then when? Mm-hmm. And I just want to live by that. I want to... St- I want to make a sac- I want to make some sacrifices to get myself to a place where it's not going to be perfect and I'm going to struggle, but I'm going to get myself there. I'm not going to be making as much money as as I was making, mm-hmm. but I'm going to get myself back there. I have to create something first. It's going to take some, take some time and some patience. Absolutely. How um how important is it to you to have influence in your community and culture? Is that something you're conscious of? I think it's something. It, it's. It's not something that I like work towards, but it's something I'm conscious of. And the fact that like I would love to have influence, I would love to have a voice. I want to be a woman in media who, when something happens or something changes, like people want to know what I think. People want to know what I'm going to do about it. People mm-hmm. want to know how I'm going to pivot. Like definitely in that way, mm-hmm. but I don't think of it in the way of like I'm trying to specifically influence. Or like please a certain a certain kind of person. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, did that. I have to go to the bathroom. That's cool. I'm sorry. We're gonna take okay. a little break. Yeah. <laughs> We're back from our uh, commercial break. Let's do it. <laughs> so Darian, I wanted to ask you about your podcast. Okay. Uh, the title of am which I is allowed Am I Allowed to Laugh? <laughs> anything i feel like you guys are making fun of it it's fine no i'm i'm really i'm not. very self-conscious about it no Why? actually I, I dig it yeah i really fuck with it because yeah. it, it from my understanding like just the title alone it's like it's like can i live like you know what i yeah, mean like, right, right. yeah where, where where was the uh what was the inspiration behind that title and podcast i was having a conversation with a friend and it, it, <laughs> remember like three years ago or, or whenever when title launched yeah. And everyone was skeptical as fuck. Mm-hmm. They, had, they had reason to be skeptical, mm-hmm. as we learned. But now all of us are like digging for our title subscriptions right now. Anyway. True. I've been had mine though. I just want to put it out there. Yeah. <laughs> I have my t- I have a title subscription now. Who would have thought? Sweet. Yeah. Where I actually got rid of my Apple Music, yo. <gasps> that, I, made, no. I made a choice. <laughs> yeah, and you have yeah. title now, right? Yeah. No, see, that's what I mean. I know. I know someone else who did that too. I swear. So I say all that to say that at that time, I was like, we don't give anything a chance to live out and breathe out and mm. pan out. That's true. Am I allowed to like anything? Am I allowed to root for anything? Am I allowed to openly say that? So I wanted to create a space where I could. Mm. That's really what it came down to. I wanted to create a space for people to talk about the things that they like and enjoy. Sweet. Yeah, I love the um, the guests you guys have on. You know what I mean? Like, really uh, dope millennials just doing dope things. And the conversations always touch from personal. Also touches on, like, you know, where their motives comes from and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you go about it? Is it normally from relationships you have or just people you want to learn more about? I base it off of people who I think 
I expect to like blow up in some way. Uh-huh. Like I just want to have conversations with people who are on this path that I know that five or ten or two years from now people are going to be googling them. Absolutely. And I want my episode to pop up as like a classic conversation that I have with them. Facts. That gives you an idea of who they are. Because right, right. you know just how you were talking about how you have this eye for people mm-hmm. who who know how to start trends or who people are going to want to follow or people who, you know, mm-hmm. I have that same eye. Right, right. You know? So that's like kind of what I base it on. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Dig that. Yeah, so um, we we ask people who come on our show, um, we yeah. find very driven people. Um, <laughs> and you, you hey. know, just watching your whole process and seeing, um, you know, the wonderful woman you've come out to be in these last few yeah. years, you know what I mean? Um, it's very inspirational and I, very, I respect it, you know? Um, I just, the question is, what drives you? You know what I mean? What keeps you going? Um, what keeps you wanting to be in a space where you can create, where you're providing a platform, keep you going? I've seen you just did your, your first live podcast. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Um, congratulations on that. I'm sorry. I wish I could have made that. Um, um, what keeps you going? What drives Darian? Yeah, that's a good question because I was actually having a conversation with someone and he was like, your passion, right? Your passion, which should be what drives you. And as much as I'm so annoyed by people, people are kind of like what also drives me. <laughs> like I just, like getting back to this point about, about humanity, it's like, I think that like when I think about Black Lives Matter, right? It's like Black Lives Matter is just a cry, f- like Black Lives Matter is like a rally cry of humanity, mm-hmm. wanting to be treated equally. Wanting to be treated like your like your fellow brother, mm-hmm. and it's like I. That's what drives me, like it drives me that like sense of humanity of like standing up for something, of finding something that you love to do. Life drives me in the way where it's like I love to go on vacation. I need to expose my actual eyes to something new that I've never. Set, set eyes on before. I've never laid my eyes on before. I want to like touch new waters. I want to meet new people. I want to try new things. I'm like a huge explorer. You know, I love all those kinds of things. So it's like, that's really what drives me is just this idea of like finding people who I could work with and that I'm compatible with and thinking that maybe we could create things together or make money together, mm-hmm. you know? Those are the kinds of things that at least drive me right now. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Where do you see the um, the Darian brand going? And even if you even look at yourself, but where do you, in that way, but where do you see in five years, what's an ideal scenario for you where you're like, okay, I've accomplished certain goals that I have? Huh. I just want to be in a place where I am making money off of my own company. Gotcha. That's like the big thing for me. And a place where I also have like mobility too, where I can work from wherever I am. Sweet. Um, I just want to be in a place that like feels very free. 
I think that like freedom is power. Mm-hmm. I think that whenever you have, I think that it takes time and space to be creative. I think mm. it takes time and space for like to have freedom. And I just want to like, I, honestly, I just want to feel free. I just want to be free. Like right. that's it. Like I want to be able to like <laughs> wake up when I want or <laughs> like these are just selfish things right now you know like soon i'll have kids and i won't be able to do that right. but it's but like i understand what you mean. it's like yeah. freedom even when you have kids you can like still have freedom, freedom. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah i just want freedom i just want to i know that feeling i just want to be able to say that i did things my way <laughs> got you I don't know. Who's, who's the artist that uh, did things? Frank Sinatra, right? Yeah, Frank there you Sinatra. go. Yeah. What did he sing? Ah, the song is called uh, I Did I, It My Way. I Did It My Way. Wow. It's a classic song. Okay. Yeah, Sorry. I should, you, like, you should know that. Yeah. It was one of them like, you should know. It's fine. Well, that's what it is. Okay. Well, yo, Um, first, we were talking about horoscopes, though, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, we have to talk about horoscopes before we leave. Well, definitely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, let me interview you about this. Both of you. <laughs> Go ahead. First of all, I kind of just, I used to hate horoscopes. Mm-hmm. I did not believe that. I'm still you, in that area. Hating yeah, horoscopes. like, I, I did not believe that you could t- say things about people or tell things about people based off of a sign. Mm-hmm. But now there are, huh? I don't know. In my opinion, it's the energy. I mean, yes. if you break everything down to like the <laughs> molecules and shit, like it's really all, like words, like they have intent and it's like energy. When I say something good and I give you like, good positive feedback right. like that's little particles of good energy coming your way right. you know what i'm saying it's and a good way to look at it. you know yeah like at your very base your atoms and uh, neutrons and electrons and shit so it's all energy it's interesting i didn't think about it so we're just floating through space <laughs> sometimes you having a really okay, good he's season more rogue than me he's <laughs> no i'm just saying yeah, sometimes yeah, you yeah. have a really good season who knows some star exploded however long away <laughs> you know what i'm saying are you catching those bad vibes or good vibes Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I just know that this shit is real. And yeah. like, okay, so now now are there I feel like there are more astrologists or people who 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 read the moon and the stars and they're and it's more abstract and I like it. As opposed mm. to being like, You're gonna make a lot of money this week or like you're gonna land a job. Like I don't like reading those. I like reading the ones that are like, You need to put in this kind of effort at work because these are how the, 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 the moons are aligning or the stars are aligning for you. Or the reason why you might be feeling a little down is because this is what's happening with the moon and the stars, the sun and the planets. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like, Shani Nicholas, do you read her? I do not, but who you is need this? To, she is like a wonderful woman. I never, I, I would probably like freak out if I met her, honestly. <laughs> she is, uh, she like does a weekly horoscope. It's like so inspiring. She's always she's always encouraged you just to push through. It's so good. Nice. But I'm a Sagittarius. You're a Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Where are you, Travis? I'm a Gemini. <laughs> Yo, Yo if you see the look on Darian's face. You know what's crazy? <laughs> I always get this, especially from You're women. a Gemini? Wow. Yeah. When I switch from women, I tell them Gemini, oh. Yeah, no, it's like Satan. He's like throwing oil and vinegar at me. Where'd you get oil and vinegar from? Gemini's, we get a bad rap, but we're good people, you know? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know you were a Gemini, honestly. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, what'd you guess? I don't know. Not a Gemini. I mean, Gemini men are literally crazy. I mean,. We have our tendencies, but everybody's crazy, uh, though. Okay. That's what crazy people always say. <laughs> <That's what crazy laughs> people. Everybody's crazy. It's not just me. It's, 
Well, it's, the, world. it's the truth, you know. We all got a little, uh, a little. Yeah, crazy not everybody could be as well balanced and as calm and cool as Scorpios, man. You know what I'm saying? That's. I that's mean, just, that's just the truth of the matter. No doubt. Yeah. No so doubt. that's like my been my thing right now. <laughs> Look at him. Oh, the horoscope. He's like, yeah. He's like, let me brag about my son. Right? <laughs> right? You heard him, right? Yeah. Uh, mind <laughs> you, I know you. I know you, brother. So. <laughs> but um, like always um. We're happy to have uh, Darian come by the Driven Minds podcast. So we're going to continue right. to salute you and uh, celebrate you and watch you do dope things. And right. you guys, too. And thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Where can we find you on the interwebs? On the you socials. You can find me everywhere at Darian Simone. It's D-A-R-I-A-N-S-Y-M-O-N-E. And you can find my podcast at theseam.co. So theseam.co. Fire. You already... Dope. Absolutely, and I'd like to, you know, thank everybody out there for listening. I'd also like to remind you that we could and uh, we enjoy your continued support. And I'd like to remind you to like, comment, and subscribe. Yeah, yes. like, comment, like, comment and, subscribe. and subscribe. For real, we can use that. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, like we always say this time, stay driven, stay driven, y'all. Stay driven. Was I supposed to chime in there? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>